Mr. President, you just did an incredibly brave thing. What you should have done is escaped your plane. You don't protect your plane. The Secret Service does. Sir, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. Now get off my ship and go listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor. Fluxing. Air Force One, 1997. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Air Force One has been hijacked. Welcome, rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I am your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers. Hey, I heard something ridiculous recently. It said if you give a mouse a cookie, it's going to want a glass of milk. Yeah. Right. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yes, it does. Cookies. No. Oh, no, I should say if you give a kid a cookie, it's gonna they're going to ask for a glass of milk. Yeah, that's not true. mice. <sighs> it's a storybook, Paul. Have you not read that story? It doesn't matter. Uh, Also, for this discussion of the film Air Force One, we welcome back aboard creator and host of the Enthusiast podcast, which now I can no longer say enthusiast. I had to say enthusiast, David Gardner. Welcome back, David. Well, for a second ago, I was going to say, and he said it right that time (laughs) because I heard last week's time's episode. Oh, so glad to have you back. And now they have a quick flyby of who we are. Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for Air Force One? Yes. Air Force One was released July 21st, 1997. It runs four minutes, just over two hours, and is rated R. It was directed by Wolfgang Peterson and written by Andrew W. Marlowe, with lead stars being Harrison Ford, Gary Oldman, and Glenn Close. The music was composed composed i love it when it's composed yeah it was composed by one guy (laughs) but jerry goldsmith uh brushed it up with his music talents and all right you ready for the box office trivia game i am ready david are you ready fire when ready and chat feel free to join in too go for it paul all right air force one was made for a whopping 85 million dollars Ooh, nice and it earned over $315 million Jeez. at the box office. Holy moly. Okay. Given this and the fact that it was released theatrically in 1997, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the other movies released in 1997? All right. So top 50. Top 50. Okay. <laughs> you never give us top 100 anymore. Maybe I want top 100. No, well, we got a review... You know, not as popular mo- m- movies. I suppose that's a fair point. Okay, so so does that mean if you ever say top 100, it's going to be under 50? <laughs> Shh. <laughs> David, what was your uh, prediction? Or not prediction, but your guess for the box. I'll go number 10. Number I'll 10. Go 10. All right. Uh, let's see. In chat, we have uh, Baba says 42, of course. Uh, and then for me, I'm... 1997. I don't remember that being a super, super popular. Well, that's when Titanic came out, I'm pretty sure. Wow. So it's not number one. That was number one. Okay. Titanic. Um, but I think it's probably popular enough to be number three. So I'm going to say number three. Um, all right. right. So Paul, what was the final, where did it end up? And when all was said and done, 
it ended up in the fifth place. So oh, good okay. job, Captain. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I try. I try to be aware of these things. Uh, so sorry, Bobo. Not 42 by a long shot. Uh, but <laughs> thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind mode or subsequent roundtable discussion, which once Alice has located our target film. Alert. Alert. Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. How the hell did this happen? How the hell did they get Air Force One? The President of the United States. The President's plane, Air Force One, has been hijacked. Experience the motion picture event of the year. My husband will not negotiate. Sir, you parachute. I'm not leaving without my family. Jim isn't making this decision as a president. He's making it as a husband and a father. Harrison Ford. Get off my plane! Air Force One. She said H-E double hockey sticks. And let's see if we remember this uh, movie as husbands, fathers, or just men. Uh, this is our memory mind belt synopsis of Air Force One. Bad guys pose as reporters, board Air Force One, and kill most everyone trying to use President Jones, Jones, as blackmail. Survivors try to get Decker? clear from present danger oh my gosh by taking uh, him to the escape pod but he doesn't eject the president has to retake the plane solo uh meanwhile pirates and pirate from the boo box the boo boo box excuse me is the vice president whom they try to evoke an amendment and assume power then then we witness Indiana punching the fugitive Gary Oldman and saying, get off my plane. Finally, a zip line to win these Patriot games. Wow. Well, I mean, some of that certainly was on point, but unfortunately, some of it was. Decepted. I don't think they were trying to. Uh, oh, they were trying to ev evoke. I read it wrong. They, I thought it said revoke an amendment, but no, they were trying to evoke. But who's Decker? I don't know who Decker is. Oh, That's oh, from, from oh, Bla uh, not Blazing Saddles, Blade Runner, yeah. Blade Runner. <laughs> Blazing Saddles, a completely different movie. But based on those memories, as flawed as they were, uh, what reign did they lead you to predict for this film before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? David, let's start with you. What was your prediction before you rewatched? Uh, classic. Classic. Awesome. Uh, Paul, how about you? Um, I saw this in the theaters and and liked it, uh, uh, sort of, yeah, but I haven't seen it since, so I wrote Nostalgic, because I not had any real desire to see it. Okay. I, I remember really enjoying this movie when I did see it, so I said, I predicted classic as well, uh, like David. It, so it'll be interesting to see if those predictions came true, but first let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about Air Force One. Let's spin up our... Best three. Top three things we liked about Air Force One. Let's start with uh, David, because he's our guest. What's one thing you liked about this film? I would say the right level of drama with the hostages. Mm. Usually when you watch these movies, there's always some... And usually, it's unfortunately, it's a woman that is just like screaming bloody murder, and you just want her to please be quiet. No, I want more. I want more screaming. Yes, you... <laughs> What'd you say, Paul? I mean, you had emotion... But you didn't have the, ah, and you just want to go, please I feel, be quiet. I feel like the one, or be more forceful, shut the up. The one press 
deputy press secretary person that was showing them around the plane. I feel like she had a couple moments like that. But yeah, I I get what you're saying. I feel like you're right that it just happened. I didn't think it was over the top, considering the circumstances. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that was the one thing I was thinking. Yeah, she was crying, but she also had a gun to her mm-hmm. head. Indeed, indeed. So yeah, a good level of drama. I, I, I can totally back that. Paul, do you? Uh, was that something that made your like list? Was this a good level, good sort of balance of drama with everything else? Or yeah, um, but when I take a step back, I really enjoyed the making the basic. I guess plot of this film. Yeah. It's, it's basically the, the the plot of Die Hard on a plane. <laughs> and instead of 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 Die Hard what's what's his name? Bruce Willis. Uh, Bruce John McClane. John McClane. Yeah, we're gonna have um the president and it's and let's make the president Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like uh, that 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 making right there is like it's that's hard to to do go wrong with that. That's yes. pretty a, a cool setup. That's a that's a go, a cool merging or concoction for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of concoctions, uh, when you when you you know when you run for president, I, I assume you always want to have a, a running mate. Yes, as one does. You know, everyone runs for president <laughs> at one at one point in their lives. No. Uh, you want to have a running mate uh, who's going to be your vice president. And I thought Glenn Close was an awesome vice president. I really enjoyed watching what she did with that and how she struggled with, like, do I just assume power because, yeah, he's he's um, uh, medically or psychologically un- unfit to be president. I just I liked her wrestling with that and just mm-hmm. her, her tension when she was talking to Gary Oldman as the terrorist. And I I, I just really enjoyed her as the vice president. So. Hats off to Glenn Close. Glad you made it out of the boo-boo box. Uh, <laughs> let's go back to David. What's something you definitely didn't boo-boo about this movie? Um, I would also say um, the humanity of Harrison Ford's character. Um, really? Especially the scene where he's not... Wa- well, he's walking through... Please don't tell me the score. Please don't tell me the score. Please don't tell me the score. Oh, sure. And then the guy tells yeah. him the score. Yeah. And it's like... You know, just this very, you know, relatable guy that, you know, very relatable. You know, you could see you, you, he wouldn't be a president today, <laughs> but you could see him as a very relatable guy. And you could see, okay, he probably, you know, nobody thought he'd win the house and he won the house and now he's president. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that, that I really like the way they played, he played that character. I can totally see that. Yeah. And I, I definitely did enjoy Harrison Ford. Overall, in this, we're going to get to some comments layers, like people saying, I wish he was the president. And I, I can totally get that in some in some regards, for sure. Uh, Paul, you're not regarding Henry there? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, um, your puns I, aside, what something else you liked? Um, going off the humanity of Harrison Ford as the president, I... I Okay, this is going to sound weird, but I wrote you, down... Uh, you wish you could dream of Harrison Ford, right? No, I'm I'm not April O'Neil, but <laughs> for some and and don't take me out of context when I say this. I wrote down smashing Harrison's face. <laughs> I mean, the the struggle looked so real. Like most actors wouldn't want their face smashed against mm-hmm. like the wall or or buttons or anything. But yes. I liked. But it also wasn't very brutal. Like there's, it wasn't blood or like you know bruises or anything. But I liked that fine line where it looked like there was a struggle. And yeah. That, like 
Um, it, it showed the, I guess to, to steal, uh, David's word, humanity of it and, mm-hmm. it, and it made it feel a little more real and visceral. Yeah. From according to the IDB trivia, apparently when it was Gary Oldman and Harrison Ford, they actually hit, they actually did full impact hits for their, oh. their scenes. So it definitely, it definitely felt that way. I totally agree with that. Um, all right. They're, they're going more method. Okay. Apparently. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do what you got to do with those methods. Exactly. So you guys were speaking to the the humanity of Harrison Ford. I'll say my next like it speaks to the humanity of uh, some of the other characters, particularly the the captain and to some extent the co-pilot in this. Mm. So if you guys short-lived ones, yeah. If you remember toward the beginning, if you've seen this movie. the the their te- the Gary Oldman and his terrorist group are like trying are pretty much taking off taking over most of the plane and they're trying to get into the the cockpit they they lock the door behind them and the captain's like no matter what we're gonna land this plane and and they're like getting closer and closer and you're just nail buying right. hoping they touch down and can be down on the ground and they the the Gary Oldman and the other guy break in and they have the guns to the captain's head and they just keep going they're not laying up and you can just see them just like struggling like I don't want to die now but I got this duty that I'm gonna I'm just gonna see this plane get to the other ground and i was just i just literally started i wasn't like bawling but i just could not hold back tears they're just oh. i was just really really struck by that and just being real not like i'm like i'm fake but no uh being real i was i was like talking to my therapist think- today about that about like where that was coming from if you're about to yeah. ask where this come from I, and yeah yeah we sort of explored that and i think it's it was something about them sacrificing themselves for a higher purpose that really is like, oh man, that just really spoke to a deep place in my heart. So I think that's where all that emotion came from. And you you think, Oh, go ahead. Um, it had anything to do with your connection of being a pilot. We're not supposed to speak of that now. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, uh, more about that. Another time maybe, but yes, it it may have, I mean, it's quite helicopters way different than a, Wherever this was, seven sure five thousand yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, it's different than an airplane. Yes. But I think that's but, it was more just their willingness to sacrifice themselves for a greater mission that uh even though death was right there, they there was no way they were gonna escape it for the most part. Uh so that was my other like. But now it's that that didn't make my classic makers that my classic maker though. What what I actually loved most about this uh film was Related to that, though, once once the first shots are fi- are are fired in this, it is just so thrilling. It's unexpectedly thrilling for almost the rest of the movie, and I was not mm-hmm. expecting to be so like like edge of my seat. Even for having seen this before, I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, what's going to happen next?" So I that was my classic maker. Just how and how. The, the thrill ride of it and the, and the yeah. close calls and just him sneaking around, Harrison Ford's character present sneaking around and trying to get the people out. All, all the elements, almost all the elements I thought worked really well. So that's interesting because, um, I know I posted that I was watching it, um, earlier this, this last week. Um, but something happened and I couldn't watch till later in the evening mm, mm-hmm. and it, it was getting kind of late. And then I saw like this movie's over two hours mm. and I was already kind of getting tired. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, all right, <laughs> Let, let's, let's see. Let, uh, let's at least start it. And, yeah. 
and um it took a, once it was about 15 minutes in but yeah once the the bullets started flying on the plane it it picked up and i wrote down my classic maker is the intensity mm-hmm. how it kept that for so long yeah is, I was not expected to stay up that long. I, I stayed up for the whole movie, wow. like not even tired. I was fully engaged. Yeah, I was not expecting that. That's awesome. So very cool. Uh, that was my classic. I don't know how they did. It. Like even a lot of times during the the in the when the people are in the war room on the ground celebrating mm-hmm. different milestones, I'm still like, oh no, oh no, there's still <laughs> stuff going on. <laughs> I they still kept that intensity going, at least for me. Exactly. So yeah. I don't know how they did that, but they did a good job of doing it. I I know. I I completely agree. Uh, but David, I'm curious, was anything with the overall the movie as a whole make your make for a classic maker for you, or is there something more uh more uh situational or more uh, minute? Well, you and Paul touched on a lot of my classic maker mm. already, and that was performances, mm. especially the three main cast, Oldman, Ford, and yes. Club, uh, Club Club. Yes, okay. absolutely. And the, like, he, uh, Oldman playing this very stern, um, chauvinist, and I'll get more into that in a little while, but chauvinist, idealist, willing to die for his cause, mm-hmm. um, to get this general freed and willing to kill anybody, men, women, and children mm-hmm. to get this across. Um, again, I've already mentioned that Ford, and I actually have in my notes, a John McClane and Hans Gruber, yep. um, yes. written down as that's kind of that, that give and take I saw. And then also Glenn Close, you've already brought up a lot of things, and but I have one issue with it that I'll bring up a little bit later. Okay. All right. Now, that's interesting that you brought up the, the dynamic of like John McClane to Hans Gruber as this is similar to this Marshall versus, I don't know, what, what's uh, Gary Oldman's character's name? Do either of you recall? Um, um, was he- I know it's, it's spelled wrong in the final credits. Oh, <laughs> oh is it? Figures. Well, whatever it is. Uh, I'm curious, do either of you relate, do you, do you, do you find more uh, sympathy, I guess, for Hans Gruber? I mean, they both kill people to get what they want, but do you find, which do you think is a more sympathetic villain of the neither. two of them? All right, neither. Push them both off the plane or the building, doesn't <laughs> okay, matter. Okay, fine. <laughs> How about for you, David? Yeah, I kind of have to agree with Paul. Do you I find mean, Gruber... Um, basically used um, murder to cover up a heist. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, this guy, Oldman's character, basically, I don't care who I kill, I want my general freed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I really can't put sympathy he, to either one of these. He's, he's too idealistic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's where the word extremist comes from. Or yeah. zealot, yeah. I, I tend to like Hans Gruber, I guess, of the two. Maybe it's just I prefer Alan Rickman. To, yeah, I mean, Gary Oldman's great, yeah. but I think Alan Rickman... No, he's more suave, so he's a little more likable in that Yeah, way, I think but... he has more charisma in that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Just a, just a fun little tangent there. Uh, and, oh. Oh, I can't what, get... you got it. another tangent? I can't... Yeah, well, I, I was going to say I can't get into tangents. You didn't forget. Just tell him what you're have... remembering. You don't break the fourth wall here. <laughs> 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 Guys, I forgot something else I liked. Strangers and Aliens. 
This is a conversational podcast and blog that explores the relationship between God and man through the lens of speculative and imaginative fiction. Join Ben Avery, Dr. Jason O'Neill, and Steve McDonald, McDonald, a trio of Christians who are both fans and creators of story, in their conversation about the intersection of faith and imagination. Find them at strangersandaliens.com. That's great, but what does that have to do with Air Force One? Well, the Gary Oldman and the terrorists were strangers to all the people on Air Force One. They didn't know who they were. Right. Yeah. So strangers oh, and, and aliens. It's about finding Ill, Ill, fighting illegal aliens. No because <laughs> they were on their their plane illegally. Okay, never mind. Sure, we'll go with that, Paul. All right, fine. I guess nice that's try, a Paul. Nice try. That's a very loose tie-in. But you know what? Tied more to Air Force One, some trivia. Would you like to answer yes, some trivia? That sounds great. All right. So, did you all realize that the lead role of um, the President Marshall was written for Kevin Costner? But he, oh, interesting. But he was heavily committed to The Postman, yeah, for, mm. also 1997, and suggested. I, I, I haven't seen The Postman. Uh, and I'm not sure if he suggested or someone else suggested Harrison Ford for the part. Uh, but mm. but if Harrison Ford did not want to play the lead role, then Arnold okay. Schwarzenegger, Keanu Reeves, oh, and nice. Dennis Quaid would be the other choices to play uh, the lead role. 97 Keanu? This is a couple years before Matrix. I think he would be too young. Well, yeah. He, think of Speed. I think Speed came out right around this time. Yeah. I think yeah, so, he'd too. He'd be too young. Yeah. Dennis Quaid, maybe. I think I don't Speed know what was 95, but I may be wrong. Dennis Quaid, you know, he was in the Parent Trap around that time, so I think that would fit. Yeah, yeah. and also like and the Ar rookie, Ar I think a little yeah. bit later. Yeah, yeah. So and Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm sorry, everybody knows that you're Austrian born. Yeah, even if you're exactly. A different character. So out of those, I would go with Dennis Quaid. Well, some yeah. other some other options were also Tom Hanks, John Malkovich, mm -hmm. and Tommy Lee Jones. So, so those are all good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so my question to you guys is. What actor, man or woman, do you think would make a, for a great U.S. president on film? Not like a real Ooh, man one. or woman. Man or woman, yeah. So okay. let's start with uh, David. Which what actor do you would you love to see as a president? I'm gonna go old school here, John Wayne. Oh, oh nice. yes, I could totally get behind that for sure. Yeah. Wow. Huh. How about you, Paul? Well, all righty, Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you've ever seen any of his war movies, and, um, it wasn't always cowboys. No, it is always cowboys. Um, some of his war movies or Donovan's Reef, you know, it's a little bit uh, more uh, an American accent, not American West accent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see that. A little bit. He still had it. <laughs> anyway, um, to, be the to play the president... Um, you know, if the president is just a puppet, as some people say, it's really like the, the masterminds behind the, you know, like the, it's, what's the old saying? It, the, the, uh, the ringmaster leaves, but it's the same circus. No oh, sure, 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 sure. Um, you want, you want the most. Remember, we're talking about a movie, not like for yeah, a real yeah, Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want the most charismatic man and the most likable. So I would have to go with the birthday boy himself, uh, Tom Hanks. It's okay. his birthday today. <laughs> oh, really? Recording of, uh, oh, yeah, cool. July 9th at the recording of this. It's his birthday. So nice. I would, 
I, I, I'm surprised he hasn't been the president. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe even in real life. But anyway, but <laughs> um, wow. but I'm surprised he hasn't played the president yet. Yeah. You know, who else's birthday is today, I was thinking, uh, is um, um, the guy from Wonder Years. Um, oh, Fred, Fred Savage? Savage? Oh, really? That would be an interesting Yeah. He's, he's old enough now. That, that would be old, a cool yeah. comeback role for him. If he yes. had a good role mm -hmm. in that, yeah, I think that would work. Nice. I like it. Very cool. Good answers, what guys. What about you, Francisco? Well, I mean, I, I was going to say someone like uh, George E. Scott, but since you both said men, I was going to try to think of a, a woman that I think would be uh, a compelling president on film. Um, hmm, that's, and I didn't give it enough thought to like come up with one right off the... Oh, well, no. I mean, she's already sort of been on film as a president, but uh, Mary McDonald who played the president in Battlestar Galactica. Oh. I thought she was amazing in that. So okay. I thought you were going to say Sigourney Weaver. Back that train up. Sigourney Weaver. Yes. <laughs> That's another fantastic one. I'd go. love to see Sigourney as president. I think she'd be great at that. Um, yeah. All right. Awesome. Great trivia, Francisco. Thank you. Paul. And I have the answer to our last audience question, which again Ooh. was, who is your favorite X-Man or X-Woman or X-Thing? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth sent us his answer, which was favorite X-Men rogue always enjoyed her story and sadness of not being able to have human contact. Totally. By yes. the way, I don't get the beast joke either. Once explained, I got it. Did a bit of a chuckle. <laughs> nice. I don't know what he's talking about either. Well, we, but, we uh, were doing a, I forget what it was. We were, Oh, Oh, that I said, I said, uh, don't re they should have referenced Beauty and the Beast, and I gave those years oh, for Beast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he says, he goes on to say, I'm too young to have worked on the World War II B-17, smiley face. <laughs> uh, and, and who do you think... And who and would who think? Who would yeah. think? Uh, who would think a DeLorean looks like an airplane? <laughs> I've never thought nor heard that before. Yeah, right. Just it in that movie, even it doesn't. Yeah, it's Back to the Future. While we're while we're talking about DeLoreans, have you ever noticed on the the main poster, the poster you see everywhere for Back to the Future? Oh, how it's angled. And weird. The, yeah, the car's angled weird. It's like the the like the side, but they skew it. Yeah, it's, uh, it always yeah. bothered me. I don't know why they did that. Anyway, yeah, that's yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Back now, to the future. This, yeah, this let's get back to this episode and this episode's listener question, which is which actual US president would fill in this blank? <laughs> would you like to blank. see in a in a film? Like like for be a, a movie. What actual US president would you like to see in a film? Yeah. So like one who's actually been president. Ronald Reagan can't be one of them because he was. Yeah, because so. he was on film, exactly. So okay. any other U.S. president you'd like to actually see in film, they could be portraying themselves. They could be portraying someone else. Could be okay. like a undercover boss if you want. I don't know. Whatever you want. <laughs> <clears throat> um, well, if you put in television shows, then you have to eliminate Trump. Uh, well, he, oh, he yeah. Good point. Yeah. He's been in a lot of films. And he's been yeah, movies <laughs> also. He has been in films. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. One's that someone who hasn't been in film. And... Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter doesn't count as the actual Abraham Lincoln. I'm talking about the actual <laughs> Abraham no, Lincoln. but if you would like to see actual Abraham Lincoln fighting vampires, then I guess that, that, counts, that right? would be fine. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln is Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that we have all had some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about Air Force One. 
Uh, Patrick Edwards says, "Wait, wait, wait! Where do they send their answers oh. to this question? Oh, you want to you want to actually send us your answers? Oh, well, yeah. I guess if you'd like to send those to trivia at retrorewindpodcast.com by the time we record our next episode, which usually gives you a week and a couple days, and that's how you can send us your answer to who would be what actual U.S. president would you like to see in a movie in whatever part you want? Um, all right, all right." Trivia at RetroRewindPodcast.com. Now, let's get off the trivial tidbits and back to back to Air Force One with the memories you guys had. Not the memories. Yeah, the memories you guys had about, about this yeah, film. <laughs> Patrick Edwards says, obvious terrorist squad looks like terrorists. Yep, I could see that. <laughs> uh, Kevin Joshua Burnham says, Harrison Ford says, get off my plane. Clint Eastwood says, get off my lawn. Vincent Chevalley says, get off my train. And Joe Biden says, get off. Well, you know, uh, that's why I love America. Dustin Warford says, the president's secret service was full of bad shots. And don't ever admit to being the national security advisor. You'll get executed. Fair point. Steve Hamilton says, I really enjoy the phone call to the White House switchboard and the layout of that set. I enjoyed Air Force's one's ugly cousin called Executive Decision. <laughs> wow. He enjoyed it more, uh, but but we didn't, didn't ask, ask about, about that, that movie, yeah. so I'll compare it to the newest version, which is Olympus Has Fallen. Yeah, I, okay. Olympus Has Fallen was fine. I, I, yeah. I thought it was fine. Uh, Nathan James Norman says, after watching it, I remember my mom saying, I wish we had a president like that. Nah, too bad. He's got a broken arm anyway wow celeste celeste morris says i love this movie i would totally vote for him as our president yeah uh jeff w Eames says get off my plane boom wardell white says harrison ford continued to be a great action hero he proves to be quite the super president as he stands up against baddies led by gary oldman meanwhile glenn close and dean stockwell are downstairs back home having their power struggle I didn't think it was all that great, but I enjoyed it. Uh, and then Alex Ortiz says, Sir, I have words to take you first. My family first. Moments later. Okay, sir, you're next. Him next. <laughs> He's wounded. Uh, just go. <laughs> you, throw, you threw your little fit and your family got to go first. There's no way I'm letting this dying man go before the president. <laughs> That's very fair. I feel like uh, Alex's uh, little critique there of uh, Marshall's or Harrison Ford character state of mind, it leads us pretty much into the things we didn't like about Air Force One. So let's get to our... Worst three. The worst three things about this film that we all uh, we all agreed beforehand were the same three. No, we all have different ones, probably. Or they may be the same. But let's start with Paul this time. What's one thing you did not like about Air Force One? Oh my gosh, there are so many little technical things mm. wrong with let this me, film. Let I me guess. I, let me guess. No. Blue text it. on background. Well, I'll tell you what. That as boring as that is, a Jerry Goldsmith came in with a great patriotic score. That's so true. I, yes. I almost give that credit. All um, right. But no, like technically, you when when 
when you're coming in and starting off a movie with invading troops and they're parachuting at night to sneak in a building, they're not going to use white parachutes to stand out in the middle of the night sky. That's a great point. Not, I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to use um, night vision when it's that bright. Even though it's night, there's still a lot of light around. They're not going to use... There's a lot of little things like this. I could probably do a half-hour spiel of how many technical things mm -hmm. that just wouldn't work right throughout mm -hmm. this movie. It's, yeah. It's I get that. kind of frustrating. No, I, I completely get that. There... I did notice some things like that for, for me, for instance, uh, I, I said to the, one of the F-15 pilots, well, have you never seen Top Gun? He like shoots a missile right when he's right behind the MIG. I'm like, Top Gun says I'm too close for missiles switching to guns. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's legit air, air dogfighting. <laughs> yeah. I don't see why not. Um, but no, that's totally fair, Paul. Uh, David, were there little technical details like that for you that bothered you, or was something else? Did something else make your dislike list? Well, Paul started, and I'm just going to completely finish mm. it. That initial capture scene. Oh, oh you just didn't like yeah. it at all. Um, I did not like it at all. Uh, first of all, pinpoint accuracy while you're parachuting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you got, I mean, I know these guys are trained <laughs> professionals, but yeah. still, that laser dot does not move. Yeah. Even though the person should be moving. Yeah. Uh, what kind of security did this president have <laughs> that, like, they had encountered no resistance till they got to the bedroom door? Yeah. They were three floors below by the time that the responders mm -hmm. came. I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe yeah, he's just like. Uh, maybe he just thought he was in, in, impen not impenetrable, but uh, impervious to anything like that. I don't know. No. Hey, how about those explosives going right off right exactly when they needed them to? But they planned it like two minutes beforehand. Like, how did they know the exact second? Like, if they tripped, they were dead. <laughs> Well, that's why you don't have Orlando Bloom come in and help you with your uh, with your operation. Uh, is, the, is that a Lord of the Rings? No, it's a Black Hawk Down reference. Oh, um, I need to watch that again. Yes, maybe it should be nominated. Uh, yeah, I definitely for sure. Come on. Uh, so, as for me, as much as I let's see. So this. I don't know what to say about this. I guess we all, I think we all appreciate Harrison Ford as the president. But I, I gotta say, and you guys were talking about his hum humanity earlier, and I can see that, but something about him rubbed me the wrong way in that when it came to his family, he was super, I totally, I totally buy into how he responded to the terrorists and everyone, everything surrounding his family. But it's like that one guy gets shot in front of him. Other people die ar around him. Not like when he's like hiding and stuff. I get why he can't come out and stuff. But when, when people are like dying around him, he does, he doesn't do bad. And I, I know he's, he was in combat and all that, but he was, yeah. a, he was a pilot. He wasn't necessarily, foot soldier on the ground so i this is war peacock <laughs> casualties are inevitable you cannot make a novel without breaking eggs every cook will tell you that right he's seen action all right i i don't know it just seemed like he he didn't have any like it, i wanted to, him to at least have um like some glance or some moment like oh man I, I i hate that this guy died or that gal died i don't know it just didn't seem like he was connected with anyone else on the crew except for his family so that was a dislike for me um, I mean, and maybe you need that type of uh, distance, but still, it, it bothered me. 
Uh, let's go to uh, David again. What was something else you disliked about this film? Lackadaisical Russian terrorists. You're telling me you couldn't hear the scuffle below. And, or, and the one time when he went down the dumbwaiter, I watched this guard. He's just like, oh, do do. I'm just looking around. Your comrade just died. And you're just kind of like, I'm looking at the flowers almost <laughs> on his face. <laughs> and also. Hey, he's okay, good under pressure, the, you know? He's relaxed. And, and, and Gibbs. Oh, Gibbs. You're hearing that there's a Secret Service agent and you killed all the Secret Service agent. There shouldn't be any Secret Service agents. Why aren't you letting your the guy who's hopefully paying you know, hey, that's not a Secret Service agent. I killed them all. Well, no, wasn't he working for the terrorists, though? Why would he? Yeah. Oh, oh, why doesn't he tell Gary Oldman that? Well, he's in the he's in the briefing room with everyone else. I don't think he really gets a chance to. Yeah, but like it doesn't ding with him. Hey, I killed all the Secret Service agents. Where there is no Secret Service agent, who's downstairs? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Maybe there was one he he just may have missed, and apparently he didn't care so much about these people he worked with for who knows how many years to yeah. just kill him out of cold blood. And do we even find out why he did that? Like, was he going to get money or anything? I don't think we ever got a motivation for why, why he did what he did. Well, he wanted the president dead because he could have just let, like, William H. Macy go and, like, he could live on with his life and no one would know for the better. Yeah. You know? So, I so I don't get why he, he did that it. up to kill the, his, his, his motivation was to kill the president, obviously. I, I his, guess so. Why? We don't know. I guess he needs to go uh, take lessons from John Malkovich or something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that that's an in line of fire with Clint Eastwood reference, Paul. Uh, okay. Paul, what's something else you didn't like about this movie, Air Force One? Um, I don't know if to, I should try to clump these together, but there's so much wrong with this movie. Well, <laughs> what, is something that's wrong with this movie something that, uh, that uh, Kenneth then brought up that... In an oh, actual, yeah, I'll get that to that later. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Then never mind. I'll wait. I'll then continue. Yeah. Um, uh, did any of you mind the wire bit? Like, hey, you got a one in four chance to dumping the plane, or a three in four chance to killing everybody, including <laughs> your family that you're so desperately want to save. Um, you, I, I, the Russian roulette odds are much greater than than this, and you're like, uh. Red, white, and blue. I'm gonna make a patriotic <laughs> joke and save the day because I'm I'm a writer and I I think it's cool. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, you're talking about the 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 electrical the wires. The, yeah, I thought you were talking about the of the gasoline. Okay, I thought you were talking about the wire at the end where they connected the two planes with a wire. That's no, where. Okay, no, I think that's fine. Okay, that's fine. There's okay. one connection to one. That's a one to one connection. Mm -hmm. I get that. Mm -hmm. But they said, look, if you cross the wrong wire, you're dead. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it. He doesn't change the plan. I mean, he has a lot of luck. He rolls a lot of natural 20s in this. So, I mean, I think that's just another one oh, yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a D&D reference. Too, too, want to check too his convenient. Dice. Yeah. Too convenient. I, I, I could see how that'd be I understand, annoying. yes, that could happen, but why is somebody willing to jeopardize that? That's you fair. I mean? Good point. I mean, maybe if he, they... I, it seemed like he had a lot of awesome talents already, 
So it seems yeah. like silly to add another one, but if he could, you they could have said something about like electrical go. engineering or something that he'd have yeah. some intuition about it. That would be yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it. Just plow through it. Okay. You know what? I don't like it when they don't follow their own rules. They mm. said, hey, the president could be changed under duress. Well, then change the president because like, <laughs> oh, here's the guy on the phone. Like, hey, I got the first lady here. Uh, no, you don't because uh, he's not the president. That for she's not the president anymore. And haven't you heard we don't negotiate? So boom, there goes the plane. Mm. But no, apparently... We're going to make a big deal about, um, uh, you know, not negotiating, but then we're going to go ahead and negotiate through the entire film. Yeah, that was I mean, annoying. <laughs> I, I know there's a lot oh, of political you want to refuel? Okay, about I guess. That. Yeah, and, and by the way, um, uh, w- the U.S. has had a policy of not negotiating, and then all of a sudden you're going to say it, and, it, and we're going to make a big deal about it at the beginning. Oh, oh, what are you doing? You're starting up a frenzy in the press. We've only followed that policy for 25 years plus. No, like, it wasn't the no negotiating with the with terrorists that was terrorists. the issue. That was that they were going to go after terrorists preemptively. I think that was the issue that, that was causing the frenzy. I maybe, but it they they put a lot of emphasis on the negotiating and non-negotiating that it didn't line up to what was going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get that, Paul. That I I can totally see why you, that would bother uh, someone, including yourself. Uh, something that bothered me, including myself, that's a weird way of putting that. Uh, <laughs> I did not care for the the actress who played the first lady. I mean, oh, she, really? she was, I, a, thought she was she, I, I guess I just didn't connect with her at all. I don't know what it was about that. Her, it, it wasn't she, cause she wasn't princess Leia. No. Or Marion or no. Willie. What are you saying right now? No, I, I mean, other Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford oh, geez. Louise. Okay. Thank other you. Yeah. I get it now. I get it now. No, and I don't know if she, uh, and I'm going to go back to Mary McDonald. Who played uh, the first lady in Independence Day? Um, oh yeah, and I'm much I I loved her in that much better. I don't know if she would have played well opposite Harrison Ford because I know you ha- we want to have chemistry. I didn't necessarily see a lot of chemistry between Harrison Ford and this oh, actress. Okay. There just wasn't a lot of chemistry. Is that Me, it? that could be it. I just I feel like she I mean, she 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 did the job. I didn't feel like she. I feel like you could have replaced her with much, pretty much a lot of other actresses and it would have just been the same. There was nothing unique that I guess she brought to it from what I'm not an actor, so I don't know the intricacies or the nuance to performances that you might get with person A versus person B, but for whatever reason, I would prefer someone else. So that was something else I just liked. Do you think the daughter did okay? Because you usually hate like kids who are not obedient. And I stuff, just... I vacillated with the daughter. Some moments I thought it was really good, her, how she and uh, Harrison Ford's her him as her dad was. I thought that worked well. Um, I felt like she is almost a well. I was gonna say I feel like she was responding a little a little too adult at times, especially in the face of the terrorists. But if you're the daughter of the president, I could see that being something that you would have sort of. Not necessarily that you think that's going to happen, but you have to be a bit more grown up anyway to, I mean, ideally you, you grew up a bit more in that type of environment, but I don't know. So I, I, she didn't bother me. I thought she was fine. Uh, she bothered me less than the first lady, but uh, I'm getting 
I'm getting too much into actors I didn't like. Let's, I'd All rather right. get back to you guys and let's go into our tragic makers. The worst parts about Air Force One, the parts that needed to crash and burn in this movie or crash and burn the movie for you, I should say. David, what did you hate most about this film? Well, continuing on with your tradition of anybody could have played this. Mm. Um, I loved Glenn Close's role, mm-hmm. but the way they wrote the character, you could have stuck anybody in there. It didn't have to be a female. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that would have changed would have been the blouse. I was comment. just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> They'd have to change the blouse. Line, the only yeah. thing that would have to change is the blouse comment. Um, you could stick a guy or a girl and still, and except for changing the blouse comment, you could have the same thing said of any of these vice presidents. Mm-hmm. Now, did she do a good job with the role? She did an awesome job with the role, especially towards the end when she actually took charge and mm-hmm. like, no, we are going to do this is how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah, she... this, this, the, like everybody's like, oh, you need to talk to me. You don't need to talk to the vice president. The vice president can't even, um, get their own plane tickets. They have to go through us. Oh yeah. Well, that's talk to me. That's why he got shot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's this one moment where Glenn Close said something uh, to I. Th- I can't remember if it's the Russian president or Dean Stockman's uh, character. She like said like do it or exactly or something, and I'm like yes, you tell him Glenn. Um, so I, there there was a there, she had I guess I'll say for lack of a very word hero moments I, I guess yeah I I could see how you're, what you're saying though that her character could be replaced with someone else I don't know if that I so do you feel like her as the the performer didn't bring more to the role that someone else couldn't have equally brought I think she did a what she brought herself to the role mm-hmm. I don't think the role. Her character was, was she did the role didn't rise up to her. Oh, she had an, an Academy okay. Award nominee actress, mm-hmm. and like you could have done so much more with this character, but then you really didn't. Mm-hmm. You like I said, you could have put a B list actor in this mm-hmm. and and had it, but here you have this A list actor actress, and you didn't give her everything that you could have until the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, That's mine. do you think it would have been better if she had more of a fatal attraction toward yeah. Gary Oldman? <laughs> 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 I'm hilarious. Uh, I, 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 I think I see what you're saying there, David, and I, I can understand that for sure. Um, Paul, was there a particular character that you felt the the character didn't rise up to the level of the actor, or vice versa, or did something else? Like yeah, tragic. You have. You have Dean Stockwell in here Stockwell, from Quantum, yes, from Quantum Leap, and Ziggy doesn't show up, and you know, <laughs> oh I, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> seriously, Paul. Seriously, no, not seriously. Yeah, I was so um, disappointed that he didn't turn into Mark Hamill's Joker. What was up with that? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> of course you have. Uh, that. Getting back to. Yeah, Air of course. Force One. <laughs> um, this is a movie about planes, and maybe I've seen Top Gun and a few other uh, <laughs> movies, or even airplane planes. Exclamation in real point! Life. Oh yeah. Um, 
how they move and mm-hmm. they don't kind of float near it it's just i could totally tell that was all cg early cg yeah yeah and and i think the uh the the calibrating was off um especially like it looked really bad or at least the effects didn't hold up during the plane crash i'm not talking about the physics i'm talking about just the look of the plane you can obviously tell that was uh oh like when it hit the water and sort of did this weird spin around yeah Yeah, yeah. totally so but there are many shots throughout the film of the planes moving Mm -hmm. or even the, the jet fighters around the plane and it's like Oh, they're swerving like UFOs would. Like yeah. not like this grand turn like now I, I know that, that jets can turn on a on you know, they can do quick turns, mm-hmm. but not the way that they were doing. Yeah. Them. And I think yeah, it's hard to beat uh the cinematography of Top Gun. And well, yeah, with real air with re- exactly airplanes. real footage of real airplanes. I don't know how you top that unless you go out and actually film real airplanes. But well, just to get the physics, it's yeah, the, the way they move, mm-hmm. like you can, you don't have to shoot it, but you can use them as references. Yeah, that's true. To, yeah, but I still think back then the CG wasn't enough to well, good enough to to fool you that these were CG planes. I guess is what I was right. trying to say. So the yeah, the, the lack of uh, uh, realistic physics just at, was like exactly poop frosting it, on top. Multiplied it. Yes, yes. exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, that leads. Was that the the completeness of your tragic maker, Paul? Or was there something else? Yeah. To add to that? Okay. No. Well, then that leaves mine, which is I, I think we uh, I, and me and Paul commented on this, and I think you agreed also, uh, David. That the pacing and the intensity of this movie was great, I, I and it was for almost all of it. I say yeah, the, a little bit at the beginning it was a little slow, but I mean they're setting up the characters. That's fair. But after Gary Oldman uh, dies and you have the get off my plane, that great moment, I felt like after that is kind of like just the movie lingered on too long. I there, right. I mean yeah, you had what about Gibbs. You got to take Gibbs you, down. You did, but. I, I don't know. You I gotta just, get him off the plane. I felt like it was, and maybe if there was a good reason for why he was still around to begin with, or what he was like waiting for, or what have you, it would have made more sense and close out a bit better. But I just, I wish they would have found a different way to wrap up because Gary Oldman was the big well, bad. I didn't like that we were still like in this movie for another twenty minutes or maybe even thirty minutes, waiting to end it after the big bad's gone. So, All right, so life is taking too long. Okay. <laughs> oh Would it have been better maybe to switch um, Gibbs and uh, Old, Gary Oldman's character's deaths, like have him be at the very end? And yeah, Gibbs, uh, oh, absolutely. Gibbs? Yes, yeah. I think so for sure. Yeah, I, and and then you do a quick maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I even I mean make it more similar to Die Hard. I don't care. You kill off. Gary Oldman, you think, then you kill Gibbs, and then Gary Oldman comes back, a la the the blonde guy in Die Hard, and you have to have maybe then Gibbs has a redemptive moment and kills him before he dies. Because I I would have liked that for Gibbs to have been redeemed in some way. Uh, no, there's too much death that he caused. All right, but you can still have someone who causes a lot of death come back and be have a redemptive moment. I, that doesn't make them that what they did. Uh, no, it's too late to change. Fine. Oh, okay, Paul. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> no grace for you. <laughs> wow. But that's the thing that I didn't like. I felt like after, yeah, it was a great ride, and then the last 
however many minutes was just like, all right, all right, let's, let's go. Um, but now that we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. Do we rate Air Force One a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and see this film, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's worth your time to revisit if you remember enjoying it as a kid, young adult. Uh, or is it a... <laughs> now I just realized, should, would kids have been watching this already? Well, maybe, but... Uh, or is it a tragic, <laughs> it's not worth anyone's time today. If you've never seen it, keep it that way. And if you have seen it and have fond memories of it, if you rewatch it, you will sully those memories. So disregard rewatching this film. Let's start with our guest, David. What was your final reign for Air Force One with a you predicted classic? Did that hold true? I'm going to keep it at a classic. I, I really enjoyed this movie. Nice. Um, I would love to add it to my collection mm -hmm. after backlog golf gets over. <laughs> nice. But, um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to keep it at a classic. Very good. Uh, Paul, you predicted nostalgic. Was it? Is yeah. it still nostalgic after uh, seeing it, or no? Unfortunately, um, no. I'm going to have to change my rating to a classic. Oh, I, 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 I thought you were going to say tragic. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I left field there. Yeah. Um, no, it kept me on my edge of the my well, not the edge of my seat, but it kept me awake and interested, invested mm -hmm. in it. So it, it's not every day a movie can do that. So good on you, Air Force One. Awesome. I recommend it to anybody. Yeah, for me as well. I, I mean, the the last few minutes, if, especially if it's like your first time watching it, I don't. I think that's still going to breeze by. You're still going to be wanting to see what happens with these characters. I think yeah. I don't think it's a movie to watch like every year or anything like that. But every once no. in a while, for sure. Uh, so I would also rate a classic. So according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate Air Force One a unanimous classic film. We recommend anyone go see this, whether or not you've seen it before. But now it's time to get back to our own time. Good old 20XX. 20XX. Comsats online. Receiving incoming transmission. Ooh, it feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1997 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keane, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, James Kennison, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Cronenbitter, Pastor Deucen, Kennethan, Redeemed Otaku, Ryan Lingle, That's Our Bobo, Josh Adams, Dee Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, Little Ronan, The Dapper Man Reviews, Tony from the Retro Days, in addition to eight other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so, so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help us keep flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to help us grow via Patreon, Subscribestar, or PayPal. This stream is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. And while we're thanking our supporters, we also want to give a big presidential hug to <laughs> David Gardner for Indeed. supporting us with his thoughts about Air Force One tonight. So, David, where can people find you online? And is there anything cool you got going on that people should know about? Um, you can find me at Enthuthiest, E-N-T-H-U-T-H-E-I-S-T, -E on Twitter and Instagram. Um, right now we are in the middle, I am 
I am part of the Enthusiast Devotional Podcast, and right now we are in the middle of our um, lessons from the Lantern Corps, where we're looking at some of the Lantern Corps, and um, this Sunday's episode, I am really excited because I've got a couple of guests uh, guests coming on, and I'm really looking forward to the... to this uh, upcoming episode. Awesome. Everybody. So this will probably come out after you release that episode. What episode number is that that people should check out? Or is there a title? It'll be episode 80. So check out that episode and more. Indeed. And thank you again, David, so much for being a guest. Uh, and a hearty thanks to those of you listening for the first time. And of course, all of you who are a part of our Rad Rewinder community. You all who watch us live every week, whether we're recording this podcast or playing retro games, or you're all an amazing group of people helping sustain the pod. But if you are looking for ways to get involved in growing this Retro Rewind endeavor, reach out to us on social media where we are at Retro Rewind Pod pretty much everywhere. You could buy some of our merch, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You could become a monthly patron or simply just share your favorite episode of the podcast. You love the Matrix episode, you love the Jurassic Park episode, you love this episode, whatever it is, share it with a friend so that more people can enjoy the content of the Retro Rewind Pod. We will never negotiate. We will no longer tolerate and we will no longer be afraid. It's your turn to be afraid. And it's your turn to be listening to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 230. That's what you're listening to right now. Whoa. Our review of Air Force One. That's uh, with me, your XO, PaulJPowers.com. And you can find all my social media links online by visiting PaulJPowers.com. Thank you for being an amazing friend. Uh, awesome. Again, to be uh, XO slash vice president of this pod. Uh, it's such a fun uh, voyage uh, sailing with you, Paul. I have been and continue to be the captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter at FXRetro underscore, especially if you need pixel artwork commissioned. And we're honored to be a part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Go ahead. Thank me. <laughs> thank you, XO. And thank, thank you, XO. And thank you all... And thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful now than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for Time Bandits, our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Another time track movie. It's about time. Get it? About time. I get it. You're out of time, Paul. Uh, uh, yeah? Get off my plane. You know what? Reviewing a Harrison Ford movie in the middle of a long stretch of reviewing the Indiana Jones trilogy during our Christmas episodes makes me, you know, miss reviewing Indy. Well, let's do the next best thing. Review young Indiana Jones! And it is something that man was not meant to disturb. Trust me. Are you making this up as you go along? Yeah. Serious! Don't believe me. Yes, welcome to another installment of our Young Ann Jones, uh, The Young Adventures, 
the the adventures of young the young adventures of Indiana Chronicle Jones. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, where we're wow. going through uh, each episode of the Young Ann Jones Chronicles, Adventures of Young Ann Jones Chronicles, as in between our uh, Christmas episodes of the in- the three, count them, three Indiana Jones uh, movies. So, Paul, what episode, which uh, Indiana Jones episode are we covering tonight and any other technical aspects uh, pertain to it? Yes. So tonight's review is of chapter 17 titled Masks of Evil. It combines two previously uh, aired episodes, Istanbul, uh, September 1918, and Transylvania, January 1918. So do you, can you surmise the plot in one sentence? I forget. Do I get one sentence per episode or one sentence total? I think it, uh, I don't remember it. I'll let you do one sentence per. per Okay. Thank you. All right. So for the first, (laughs) the first episode, Indy is part of his Belgian French spy network. And there's a mole or a double agent inside his inner circle that he's trying to find out who it is. In the midst of that, he gets engaged or he asks a woman to marry him. And of course, by the end of it, she dies. So we don't, they don't get married, obviously. That's the first episode. Then the second episode, uh, Indy has to apparently gets over his grief and has to go with a uh, colonel that he admires, another spy, to Transylvania to uh, figure out why some spies went missing that or spies are working for the Germans or something like that. And they run into uh, someone who's posing or is or posing as Dracula. Yeah. So that's kind right. of a run on, but decent. Yeah, that, that that's a pretty good summary. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, let's get into, let's just do a quick like the best thing you liked about uh, either both episodes or one of the episodes. Uh, let's start with David. What's one thing you liked about uh, the episodes as a as a whole, or one or the other of them? Um, I I kind of liked the fact that Indy is still not polish mm-hmm. you know he's not dr jones yet mm-hmm, in yeah. the, uh, especially in the istanbul scene um episode you know he makes mistakes but he's still you know he's not dr jones yet the, where he will be right but he's very you know but he you can see the little things of okay he's starting to become dr jones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. the hat, right? Because he takes that thing everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think... And in fact, he recovers the hat. Yeah. You'd think people would recognize him by now. Oh, that's a, that, that's a spy. He has that one hat, that fedora. Oh, goodness. Uh, Paul, how about you? What's something... Is it how he's become more like indie that you uh, liked or something else? Yeah, I like um, the first half in Istanbul where he was um, a lot of the spy stuff. It wasn't as actiony as yeah. some of the other ones, mm-hmm. but it it was there was mystery, and it's like who who was after him, and there was that that um, mystery about it that I liked. So that that was intriguing more than the second half. Mm-hmm. That that's interesting because I actually preferred the second half because it felt more. Really? It had more of the mysticism that I come to equate with Indiana Jones and That's you didn't know true, what was yes. going on. Like, and there's still unanswered questions. I wish there's a little bit more answers by the end yeah. of it. But, uh, and I thought it was interesting that he was going up against someone that was essentially Dracula. 
uh, and mm. not quite sure how to face that. And I, 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 I wonder, I got to wonder if that was a Halloween episode because it seemed like it would have been I was gonna say perfect that. for that yeah, time. That wasn't. Of, it wasn't. I looked it up. It was not a Halloween episode. It should have been. In fact, it didn't even air in America, according to what I read. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Lucas, get your act together over here. Uh, but it was, so I, I, if it had come out at that time, I think that would have been perfect. But uh, yeah, so my, my, what I really liked about this uh, was just the second episode that felt more Indiana Jones and in that there was some mystical mystery that he had to sort of unravel, even though he didn't really by the end of it. Uh, David, what's something you really didn't like about this? I forget. Have you, did you, have you seen young Indiana Jones before or not? I saw some of the kid ones in the original run when they originally were on TV. Mm-hmm. And I've watched one for the podcast with the Ghost oh. Train episode. I watched the Ghost oh, Train. Oh, that, that uh, was a good one. Yes, yes, yes. Pod. And um, uh, the one thing I didn't like was actually, I didn't like the second episode. I mean, it was. Yeah. Um, you know, the, and I'll notice, you know, none of them ever said the word Dracula, even though the book had come out by the time Indiana Jones I and it was in ab- English. I wondered about that. Had it had it, Bram it Stoker's come out read. by then? Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, it was, it had already, it, first of all, it was an English, an Irishman who wrote it. So, mm. so Deaf Man doesn't get on to me. But so it was in English. Mm. So there was no translation weight, but it's just, I, I just, it was, it, they tried to do every horror trope you could do. Yes. And some of it was kind of cheesy, mm-hmm. yeah. from, in my opinion. I get that, for sure. Yeah. How about you, Paul? What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what didn't work for you uh, most of all uh, across um, these two episodes? I, I'm going to have to agree with David. Well, the, the entire series um, has to do with uh, Indiana Jones interacting with historical... Um, things that actually happened. This second one felt like it didn't happen unless there were, there was a POW camp that was mysteriously kidnapped and moved up to Transylvania and they found them later, mm-hmm. but there, this one didn't have any historical significance or at least impact of that time. That's it just fair. felt like it was pushed and shoved into this mold. And um, a lot of it didn't make scientific sense at least i i i guess it doesn't have to the movies don't really now that i think about yeah it. they not really i mean there are so the arc but the arc and the 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 uh, the holy grail are or at least well the arc is a historical artifact maybe somewhere right. i don't know but yeah at least in the in the trilogy those are explained like this is the power behind yeah. it where this one it, it isn't explained the yeah, power behind exactly, it. exactly yeah i guess which that, that is very annoying it's like is he the actual dracula is he not yeah i wish there was some or some closure to that it just goes with black and white credits i'm like all right we're done great Thanks yeah. for that. Well, you saw the ghost appear in the sky. Oh, that like, yeah, that was. I didn't know what to make of that. I was like, yeah, oh, I guess so. It was. I don't know, but yeah. the thing. I don't think he was Dracula. I think he now I, a lot of what he, I think he. I call him Dracula two point Okay. You know, he <laughs> yes. was a he was another person that decided to do the Vlad Trepez thing of impaling people, mm-hmm. become a vampire, but he was not. 
Vlad Trepa's Dracula. The Dracula spirit was in him, and that was what was oh, released I after see. the. He was possessed by Dracula. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Well, that actor would go on to shoot her as uh, the oh, is that the that? Game Hunter Jurassic really? Park. That's that I, actor? I didn't recognize him with the, yeah, the long me either. front buck teeth. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. I didn't either. Wow. Wow. Good eye. Um, or good research. Creed research. Nice. So, for me, the thing that I thought just did not work was I could not get into that first episode at all. It was just like, oh. what is going on? And, and he got engaged too quickly. Me, that, that's what it was. But there was... I, I, I think I knew right away who the who the um the mole was. I think it's that guy who pushed the the one guy off the building, right? He kept trying to get him off the building. I think that was the guy. And it's like, okay, oh, so I that's him. Couldn't tell. See, see, you weren't you weren't paying attention either because it didn't matter because that was no, a dumb episode. It's because a lot of them was in shadows and they didn't really focus. They didn't make the the group of the guys unique enough. Like, okay, this one is this. That's and the motives yeah, behind that's each a good person. Point. So that's a good I didn't point. know. Yeah, yeah. and also and before I you, thought, oh, go ahead, David. I thought like there was a it was telegraphed too. Like when he gets the. Um, special telegram that he puts that ink roll over to get only certain letters. Yeah. Um, that when the guy didn't burn it, mm -hmm. I thought, okay, he must not be good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's something I noticed. Yeah. Was that the same guy? Yeah, I think so. I think okay. so. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I believe you. I'm not going to rewatch it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just, I, I did not care for it. And I, to, to, I was going to say something to your point, Paul, that there wasn't anything super identifiable about each, all of them. They're all sort of similar, and yeah, they're a lot in the shadows. Um, but I can't remember what it was now, but it, it was to that point, and I agree. It was well, hard to tell. I'm glad you like my point. Like, <laughs> great. Uh, so now we don't have a final range for these, uh, uh, these sort of uh, end of episode reviews, but. If based on just watching this episode of the young the young chronicles of Indiana Jones adventures, would you cool. would you want to watch the next episode, or would you be like, no, I'm out, I'm done? Uh, David, what say you? If they had been in chronological order, I would say absolutely. Mm. But since they were in the order they were, I'd say eh, they're jumping the shark. Got it. Mm. Fair. No, they redid the order. So this is now the chronological order. In fact, oh, the years aren't right. Well, that's what they mean. Like they, they changed the year. Anyway, um, <laughs> one of, one of the ideas, you know, with this, um, uh, new, sorry, Francisco, with this new move, Indiana Jones movie coming out, people are speculating if he's going <sighs> to lose his eye, um, because the, the chronicles of young Indiana Jones had it book each end. Each episode bookended or with book him, bookended like old, with old Indiana, right? India, yeah, old Indiana Jones with an eye patch. Mm -hmm. But because um, George Lucas remastered these and took out the old man, people are wondering if that's no longer canon anymore. Mm -hmm. So anything could happen. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, going and back, actually, to, go ahead. And actually, the Transylvania episode was the last episode that the old Indy appeared in. Yeah, oh, really? Oh, filmed. okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That was never aired. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, 
Anyway, um, would I watch it based on what I saw today? You know, the first half is so different than the last half. Yeah. I'd be curious enough to watch the next episode to see what direction they would go between the two episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's it going to be like? Because I enjoyed the first one enough and a little bit of the second one. It kept my interest, even though I was like, this is is out of the norm yeah <laughs> and and for me i think similarly i'd be like oh they're now they're starting to be more like the indiana jones i'm sort of expecting maybe they'll start doing better now i don't know if yeah. they will but i think i would be intrigued to continue to watch as well so according to us i guess keep watching young Indiana jones if you've made it this far <laughs> <laughs> But uh, there's not much left stop keep, now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, speaking of which, um, the next chapter is called "The Treasure of the Peacock's Eye," and this was um, this is yeah, a, not a two-parter. This is a, a one-time uh, thing. Mm-hmm. This is a one. Yeah, go ahead. So, do you remember this, where the peacock's eye is? Uh, is how this that's important? The reference to um, um, Temple of Doom. Yes, apparently that that's the 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 crystal or the diamond that he's giving. He's trying to give to the mob boss in China or whatever at the beginning. Is the pe- the eye of the peacock? Is that what you said it was? Peacock's the eye. Peacock's eye. Yeah. yeah. So I, apparently, according to that trivia, when we did that one, Remy is coming coming back for this one. So, well, spoiler alert. Yes. Okay. He, teamed, he goes back to London and teams up with Remy there. All right. To look at for this. Sorry, spoiler. So, Jeez. Well, it's it's a fun spoiler. It's if you, especially since it gives you a little hope, something to look forward to. Yeah. The return of a friend. So that's, that's true. Good. Awesome guys. Well, until thank you uh, to David. Thank you for, to Paul. And for all of us, uh, we bid you a whoopah. Get off my podcast. <laughs> 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 <laughs>